0: Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. where We continue to follow the time. capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are America. just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 2011. For multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half, How'd you get and you action? described that his head kind of exploded yes. when you hit him. I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. Go, go, go. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning and then 45 minutes later she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help... Hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. Well, here it is. Welcome back to episode 50 of the Operator Podcasts. I was told when I started this podcast that you need to hold on and get to at least 50 and then you might have uh, have enough of a base to stick around. Actually, what they said was 57. I'm calling it 50 because that's uh, that sounds like a nice round number. The old five-zero, but we're here. We made it. Thank you. The, uh, coming back to the Operator Podcast, it is Friday. Not quite an emergency podcast, but we are going to get into that in a bit. We're going to talk, because of the latest thing with the um, Titanic wreckage in the submarine, what happens there? How I think some politics were possibly played in a little bit of that, not in with the, um, not with the, the wreck itself, but I think with some of the reporting because you're, you know, 800 miles off of the coast of Cape Cod, and nobody can see what they uh, what's going on out there. So I think a lot of stuff may have happened. It could be conspiracy theory um, because I do read Twitter quite a bit, and man, there's a lot of shit out there. If you, if you want to hear more about some of the shit that I read on Twitter, because I, I've got a pretty good following, I don't know if they all see what I'm saying because I, I have been I have a tendency to get restricted for some for some stuff whatever it is be, I don't know maybe because I love our country and I love I love most of our people and and all that stuff and I, I have guns and I, I've actually got guns uh, I'm part of a gun company got a range in Florida and a lot of people don't like that even though uh, we are constitutionally protected. That could be a reason I get banned from a lot of ad, um, advertisements on some stuff, the meta stuff I'm trying to work that out or the reason could be if you're seeing this on YouTube, the uh, RJO Nalgene bottle right next to me—that might not be water. Who knows? Um, I do. Before we get into a lot of this stuff, though, because of um, just it. See, I mean, I always say that that you go out. If you go outside, the world's a. It's it can the people can be good. It's a good place. Get some vitamin D. Get some sun. Um, that's why I started golfing. My, my shrink told me that I should uh, start golfing to relieve stress, which is complete nonsense. I'm going to leave it at get outside. I think golf is something where no one's really good at unless they've been playing it since they were like six years old. But that's it. I get out there. Um, it is a volatile world, and we never know what's going to happen. And so, I I do I would be remiss if I didn't talk about uh, actually the sponsor of this show, my friends at Allegiance Gold, because you need to diversify your portfolio. Because the government, if you haven't noticed, has a tendency to print as much money as they want—a couple hundred billion here and there—and and plus, we might just find extra money. We'll just ship that to Ukraine, and, and it's it's worthless. And and I think it's not worthless. It's nice to have some bucks, but when it comes down to it, is uh, it's just digits in a bank, or in in some people's case, like Tommy O, my brother, could be no digits in a bank, or a couple round digits. But um, you need to get something tangible that you can hold and feel, and that's why I I love Allegiance Gold. Their mission is to help clients protect their wealth and retirement accounts by diversifying and investing in physical precious metals. They've achieved the highest possible rating from verified third-party consumer protection agencies. Millions of dollars in completed transactions, and five-star ratings from every client has helped them to be recognized as the most trusted gold IRA firm in the nation. That's Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver, or if you prefer, have it delivered securely right to your front door. Since the beginning of time, there has been only one universal currency it's always of value, and that is gold, gold that you can hold in your hand. Allegiance Gold has some of the highest ratings, like I was mentioning before, five stars with TrustLink, a A rating with the Business Consumer Alliance, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You can invest with confidence because of the quality and service of Allegiance Gold. And dig this, get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit One of my favorite websites here, protectwiththeoperator.com. Protectwiththeoperator.com or give them a call at 844-790-9191. 844-790-9191. Do not let the Fed play Monopoly with your hard-earned money. So protect your future with Allegiance Gold at, again, protectwiththeoperator.com. Or give them a call, 844-790-9191. And since we were talking about preparedness in an ever-changing environment, I need you to listen up. The USDA revealed that countless crops planted last season won't be harvested this season. Thanks to extreme weather conditions and worldwide fertilizer shortages, some crops didn't stand a chance. This will cause food shortages and higher prices in the very near future. That's why now is the time to stock up on emergency food from My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest preparedness company. Right now, they're offering a special low price on their best selling four week emergency food kit. This kit will offer your family peace of mind when food shortages strike. They include breakfasts. Lunches, dinners, drinks, snacks with more than 2,000 calories every day to sustain you in tough times. And the food is delicious. Your whole family will love it. You'll laugh at grocery store prices when you have these meals. To steal the savings, go to preparewithrob.com. Preparewithrob.com. You get free shipping too. Don't delay. Preparewithrob.com. Yeah, so... um it is episode 50. I'm very excited and I appreciate you listening to me. And I I do hope with the Operator Podcast, you are leaving some messages, some uh, stuff in the the fine print, the comments, if you will, whatever, tweet, retweet. Like I mentioned before, uh, Twitter, I, I mean, I don't know what Elon Musk is saying about Twitter, what he's thinking. I think it may have gotten worse, uh, not as far as um, the bullshit with withholding information, but man, there's some mean people out there and i don't know if i'm on the wrong algorithm because i know it's like the whole thing where when your phone uh when when you're you know your phone even when it's off it's listening and there, and it shows you stuff that, like you're talking about whatever kind of shoes you want to buy or what kind of expensive visor uh, i'm looking right at you jessica whatever you buy you seem to get ads for it every now and then and, but for some reason on twitter i'm seeing a lot of violence like a lot of stupid fights and uh, a lot of um um, you know, g- gang fights and shootings and, and stuff like that, and people beating each other down. I'm not a big fan of that stuff, too. Even with, like, um, hard falls, like when when some jackass, for some reason, is trying to um, ride down the banister of a stairwell. And maybe that, you know, I'm 47 years old. I'd probably hurt myself. And maybe the young kids can do it. But I'm not a big fan of what – because I know you have to take hard falls, and they're they kick-ass extreme athletes that have taken falls to get to that level. Um, <laughs> and I appreciate that, and to get back up and do it—that's doing something. I shouldn't have said it's stupid, but um, you're gonna take some falls, you're gonna break some bones. Not for me, but I also don't like watching people smash their teeth off the cement after they try a dumb trick. I mean, I'm a big fan of the. I'm assuming the foam pits are a good idea when you see kick-ass dudes, Travis Pastrana, shit like that. Tra- um, when the, you know jumping street by Tommy, wow, man. He he, street by Tommy, um. Nitro Circus. There's a bit of him where he went to jump his motorbike into the foam pit, and he completely missed it. I'm talking. He jumped over that motherfucker and landed on the street. Street by Tommy. Check that out. Look that shit up on a search engine. Uh, try Seeker. S E E K R. That's a. It's a new search engine out there. I was going to say the other word, but I don't like that word. Um, yeah, Street by Tommy. What was I getting at? Yeah, I just. I'm not a fan of the violence. I don't like seeing all that crap in the fights, and plus, I don't think most of the countries like that. Yeah, there's a lot of violence in in a lot of the cities, and San Francisco sucks balls, as does Portland and Seattle. But you know, most places don't suck like that. I was in New York City the other day, and basically, I'm all about situational awareness as it is. Like you should be looking around. Um, so with with situational awareness, and especially in New York, just don't stand in front of the train. Like I know you're waiting, and I know you can't you can't get off your phone, but um, don't stand because you, you might you might run in someone does run into that that sociopath or psychopath that uh, just shoves you in or the, or, or crazy person that's uh, homeless drunk and they push you in front of the train just situational awareness and things you know what else um, again I have a tendency to take notes and I I start off reading them and then I just go off on a tangent talking about situational awareness you need to have it get your head out of the phone the analogy that I've used before that I used, uh, I've I've used before is watch people staring at their phones. They can't not stare at their phones all the time. I'm guilty of, of it a lot of times too. But the thing that drives me nuts is watching the people crossing the street, like in a city like New York, where they just, you know, they, they barely look up to see if the crosswalk turned to the white walk sign, The you know, the, the guy. And they, they put their head right back in their phone and they, they keep walking. They're staring at their phone. And that's normal. But... Uh, it's not, I mean, so you're reading something, you think you're using your periphery. One thing to keep in mind is, um, can you imagine if like back in the 80s, before mobile phones, before iPhones, when people actually had to read newspapers, can you imagine if everyone was walking with their face in a fucking newspaper, you'll say, that you're mad. What? No, but that's what we do. Not we, I don't. I mean, I'm a big believer, too, that you need to uh, look both ways, even if it's a one-way street. A lot of the cities have one-way streets. It allegedly keeps the traffic flowing or whatever. And so people only look, look one way. It doesn't It doesn't hurt to look the other way, too, because you never know who's going to hit you. You might have the right of way, but if you get hit by a bus and die, guess what? It doesn't matter that you were right. You're not going to be able to complain and throw a tantrum about that. Just look both ways. Get your head out of your phone. Look around a little bit. There's nothing wrong with situational awareness, but people are losing that too. I see people all the time cross the street without, um, without even looking. I almost ran ran some girl over today that ran around her, uh, the car she parked across. Didn't even look at the car I was driving, and and it doesn't matter. It's gonna suck even if you don't die. I'm assuming anytime you get hit by a car, it sucks. Anytime you get hit by a bus, it sucks. God forbid a train. So don't stand in front of them. Situational awareness. Here's another one that I saw the other day. I wasn't. I wasn't there for this but this is to give you an idea of how desensitized some people are and lack the situational awareness. There's nothing wrong with actively participating in saving your own life. There's a video don't I mean okay don't search for this one some of you will but I mean it's it's disturbing. Again, I wasn't there at the time. I don't think I was even on the East Coast, but I saw a video of um the aftermath of a bus that had run over a bicyclist um and again that's one of the i I don't know how it happened i saw the aftermath and i don't know if you're trying to beat a red light or if you're trying to get in between here and there if you have the right of way even though you're going to turn into somebody else and we've seen him we've seen the people on the bikes and we've talked about transit before with like if you're in a car if you're in transit if we're in transit that's when we hate each other no shit if we're in traffic, we hate each other. If we're outside together, we're good. If we're in an airport, we hate each other. If you're in a car, you hate the guy on the bike. If you're on a bike, you hate the guy in the car. You hate the bus. If you're walking, a pedestrian, you hate the cars, you hate the bikes. You just want to walk without looking because I got I got Instagram to check out. But there's a video of the aftermath of a woman that got hit by a bus in New York, and it drug her across the entire intersection you know the the box don't block the box drug her across the whole thing and then stopped and she was under it under the tire and i don't want to describe this cuz it did not make me happy at all but it, it there were entrails from one side of the box one crosswalk to the other and the dead woman is under the thing naturally everyone has to get their phones out naturally nobody can uh, you know for god's sake call the ambulance or the coroner? Nope. Got to get some video of this and talk about how awful it is. And there's just one dude. So we got it from his POV, his point of view, and he's looking at this. And you can hear him. I mean, obviously he's, you know, he's probably in a little bit of shock himself because you don't see that every day. I mean, unless you live in in Chicago, then you probably see it every day. But he he's sitting there. He's videoing it like saying, "Oh my god," or whatever. And he he videos up, and there's this woman. And she's walking across the street where a woman, another woman had just been killed by a bus and her head is buried in the goddamn phone. And she's walking, she walks through the dead woman's guts that are, have been, it's disgusting, and she didn't even notice. If someone gets destroyed by a moving, a large moving vehicle and there's blood and guts and spit and ass everywhere, take your head. Out of whatever game you're playing, and look around. No, someone just literally died in this intersection, and you're walking through it, and you're so dumb, or you're so out of of the element. You're not in the moment. You're staring at whatever is important. She didn't even notice she stepped in some woman's guts. I don't. I wish I could explain that. And it's not even funny. It's tragic. And and then here's another thing. I okay. I, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. I almost got. I almost got jacked up by a, a bike. I don't know if you know this. You might. If you live in in the in the Midwest, or if you live in a reasonable place, you might not know this, but in the big cities that are run by Democrats that are going to save the planet, as opposed to fucking everything up with their green regulations, which is that all it does. We're going to die long. We're going to get killed by green regulations long before we get killed by global warming or global climate change. Or They keep moving the... They keep moving the, um, the goal pole. Did you know we were supposed to die a few days ago? On June 21st? Um, uh, Greta Thunberg, the girl that sails across the seven seas in that Norwegian, um, whatever, the one that yelled at, how dare you? I should be in school and not out here looking like an asshole. But uh, she said five years ago that uh, uh, June 21st, and f- top climate scientists say that uh, on, on 2023, June 21st, um, we're all going to be dead, so I hope you're okay. I hope you're listening. I hope that you eventually are rich enough to buy oceanfront property and islands like a lot of these green people tell you. Anyway, because, um, if I mean, if the world was flooding, obviously we'd try to move inland. We wouldn't be buying all the stuff in Martha's Vineyard and Islands in Miami, but we do. We don't. They do. But they're going to yell at you because they <laughs> they can change the weather. They've been wrong about everything else. But, boy, they can change the weather. I'm going to let you – okay. Um, so one of these regulations to to make us, not them, we, we need to take public transportation and take buses that run people over. But what they also did is they, they're making more bike lanes in the cities, and that makes room for fewer and fewer cars. So the, it makes traffic worse. There's bigger bike lanes with, like, extra sidewalks. And that, what I'm getting at – I almost got murked the other day because I get out of a car. I'm going into a building, but I forget there's a bike lane now. So I get out of the car on the sidewalk. There's a bike lane and another sidewalk. And what? now, I don't want to badmouth the the delivery people. I I love the people who deliver food. Because, you know, when I used to live in New York City uh, in Midtown, when I would order food like Grubhub or anything from... The dude that showed up was always shorter than me. He, I don't care if it was hot out. He always had a raincoat on and was soaking wet. These guys are just awesome. But they and other misanthropes have figured out how to beat the system. Have you seen these electric bicycles? Or I don't know if they're even – well. God forbid they put gas in them because gas is going to be the downfall and that's going to melt the planet. But they they beat the system by they have these bikes that go faster than cars. It's not like a cyclist. It's not like a guy on a bike that you know was intended for you know the little basket and you get the shit in there and the the, um, the Biden Harris sticker on the front. Uh, these things are beasts and they zoom and they're quiet. Uh, I got out of this car on the sidewalk and I I almost got run over by and I I think they're i'm not exaggerating they're zooming around to 40 miles an hour i was uh with a buddy at a coffee shop on the same trip uh in new york city and i i i heard i was inside i heard a small dog get hit by one of these things man graphic um so this the lack of situational awareness is important i mean it's it's just one of those things where it doesn't take long to take a breath it uh um Looking across the street is cheap. Looking both ways is cheap, but your life is expensive. <laughs> so, um, tangents. Uh, I was talking about algorithms. Uh, check the reason I said if, if you don't necessarily want to, to respond to me a- after a tweet, unless you're clever, I might see it. But I mean, it's so not worth time to, to have the assholes come at you. I don't know what that is, but that Twitter is also at Mikuya M C H O O Y A H. And then my Instagram, which I do check quite a bit, have you ever noticed how many financial experts leave comments in there and then uh then the porn stuff it's those that's the algorithm hits me up too. I don't know if you, if you've either made it or they hate you that you're getting all these things, but that's also at Mikuya, m c h o o y a h and i I got that because I named myself that because I thought I would never have more than ten followers and um also um at the operator podcast is a good one uh the, a lot of people and thank you for this seem to be pretty friendly. On at the operator podcast, Uh, that's a good that's a good um, good Instagram handle, and then at RJO Apparel is another good one too. If you if you're dying to get some comments to me and have me read them, not a lot of people comment on at RJO Apparel, and and you should be checking that one out too because uh, Fourth of July is coming up. You got to be rocking the Jesus was an American uh, t-shirt, which I thought were hilarious because it's so obvious that Jesus was not an American. But I have Jesus, as a big, uh, big redhead, glorious locks and a red beard, like Buddy Christ. Jesus was an American. But yeah, if, if you if you leave comments there, I, I do the point I was getting at about 14 minutes ago was that because it's the Operator Podcast. If you can think of something good that I should say, or if I have um, re, re, um, retold the same story, uh, let me know that I'm a jack. Because I was thinking today. I, I know I've mentioned my friend Tiny, but I don't know if I told the story of the Irish fighting Rock, and I may have, because I've told that story a lot, I, I tell a lot of stories a lot, but I don't know if I shared that with, with uh, this podcast, so let me know if I did and Roger that, I'm not going to tell it now in case I did, I don't want to waste anybody's time, but but I want to make sure that we're talking about current events, which we're going to do today, it is Friday, we're going to have a blast, a lot of stuff is going on, uh, I, I will get into the uh, the submarine, uh, what just happened there um, I'm not an expert on that, but I'll get into my thoughts. I did mention that at the beginning. Uh, another one I wanted to talk about because I'd mentioned that uh, I mentioned Capitol Hill and how there's no, you, you they really, they, they don't really get audited and there is, you don't really get in trouble um, and you're just going to be there and they're decent at playing politics, both sides of the aisles, but I, you got to give Democrats credit. They are really good at at playing for their party, at, at doing everything for their party. They are excellent. Now, th- don't take this the wrong way because I'm not insulting them and I'm not complimenting them. They are excellent politicians, and that's not a good thing, but they're really, really good at it. and They circle the wagons around, and not just them. I mean, the, the media obviously works for the... Calling them Democrats is pretty nice, because I am convinced that communism has been infiltrating this country for a long, long time, since uh, before the 1920s. Not na- now's not the time to talk about that, but I am. It's, and it's, I'm not lying to you. I'm, I'm, I'm not playing either side of the aisle. I don't have my favorite candidate, and I don't have my favorite party. I do have positions, and I do love this country, and I love Americans. I love success. I love to see people live the American dream. Uh, that, and that's where I come in It just seem, I mean, and I I don't know if maybe because some people are vehemently Democrat and I'm not, but I'm also not a Republican because I despise politics. I'm an American and I don't know if just our, our brains are wired different or if people are honestly that dumb or bad that they can, because we're at a point now and I'm you may have seen some tweets about this that, uh, we're at a point now where everyone is expected to repeat the same lies over and over or you get in trouble, even though we all know what the truth is. But based on political ideologies, and I'm convinced uh, um, communist destruction, because that's all they want. That's all communists want is destruction and personal power. Uh, it's I, just, I see stuff and I call it out. It's like, how could you not... I mean, we, there are places now because of of um, racism that four plus four might not equal eight. It could just equal something else. That was a racist answer, and it's like, well, no. I mean, look. I wish, I hope everyone fits in, and I want, I want everyone to be treated equally. But also, I, I don't want someone designing bridges who thinks one plus one equals four. So we're at a point that we're, that, that we can say stuff to each other, and Capitol Hill. Let me get – I don't want to get off on that tangent because I was going to make a good point. Uh, Democrats are really, really good at circling the wagons. Republicans are not because Republicans – they, uh, they, they want to be nice. They want to be liked. They want to win, but they'll fight at the seams because um, they'll just they'll they'll fall for the the bullshit with the well. There's Republicans and there's ultra MAGA MAGA Republicans. Remember when Darth Maul got in front of that that big red stage with those two poor Marines behind him? Ultra MAGA Mag Wait a minute, that wasn't Darth Maul. That was Joe Biden. What a ridiculous speech that was. I I'm still insulted that they had Marines up there for that political nonsense, but. Um it's Democrats are good at it. I'm going to prove it to you. Did you see and you might not know what this is so I'm going to do my best to explain it from from our level to each other and I might be wrong and if I'm wrong again hit me up in the comments and I'll listen. Or if you bump into me in the airport I will listen to you. But um there's a representative from California named Adam Schiff and I'm sure you've heard of him. And he was just censured by the House. And what a censure is, is a formal statement of disapproval in the form of a resolution that is adopted by a majority vote. And now the Republicans do have the majority in the House. So it's, it's, a, it's a statement of disapproval. We all voted. More of us vote. Six Republicans voted present. Why is present an option? It should be yay, nay, or not present. (laughs) like absent. But present? What kind of a limp dick, no spine motherfucker do you need to be to vote present? Anyway, they did get the majority, and so basically um, the Republicans said, you're a bad person, you did bad things. The Democrats rallied around him, and they said no, none of them voted for it. And the term censure is not found in the Constitution, and the word does not appear in the resolution. So it's a thing where we agreed, some of us agreed that we don't like you. Um, It's less severe than being expelled. Uh, Censure, sometimes referred to as a condemnation or a denouncement, does not remove you from the office. It's basically like getting uh, one of those tickets at Bagram for free. You're a bad person. Now keep this, and you're not paying anything. A formal (laughs) This isn't the definition, and this is why I laugh, because this is on, um, on Capitol Hill, and especially for a Democrat. It says, it's a formal statement of disapproval. However, it can have a powerful psychological effect on a member and his or her relationship with the House. So basically, Republicans are telling Democrats, Nyeh. and do you think Adam Schiff gives a fuck? What they think, we all know what we think of him. I mean, and again, I'm not a Republican. How do you not see what this asshole has been doing? He was saying for years that um, uh, Russia collusion, Russia, Russia, Russia. And I, god damn it, I sound like a right wing pundit. But I was forced to watch a lot of this crap because I was locked in my house for a few years. Were you? Actually, that was in uh, uh, that was in 2020, but it was coming. Because boy, imagine if they all just just try to do something for the for the country, and not for their party. Have a few people agree on a couple things, man. Anyway, um, if you notice, you know, obviously once Donald Trump won, which they couldn't believe, and you've seen him meltdown, and I'm sure Shift, well, Shift can't, he doesn't have any emotions. But uh, um, they started, you remember when the hashtag resistance, we're resistance. You know that if you do everything the government tells you, like I crack up at Rage Against the Machine, but they're they're part of the bandwagon of saying you better get your your uh, your vaccination and your boosters because you got to do what the government says. If you're doing what the government says, you're not exactly raging against the machine. You're a fucking sheep. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give myself an aneurysm, man. I don't like. I don't even like getting political. I just. I want to do what's best for for the country. But uh, he he just he was on TV all the time. Those non blinking. You can tell in their eyes. You know a good way. Seriously, try this. And and again, the, it could be on the right, could be on the left, could be on any station. If you turn on your TV, and for God's sake, you don't need to watch cable news. Like flip on something shitty. Watch a show. Get into some stuff, man. I'm watching some stuff right now. Succession, pretty good. But um. Turn on one of the cable news stations. Usually, primetime is fun. And hit mute. And watch, watch them go. <laughs> and the person usually that doesn't blink and staring off, there's a word for that. And the person going nuts because, I mean, we're in a place now that, by God, if you can't win the argument, you might as well throw a fucking temper tantrum. Might as well scream them down. Did you know? Here's what's creepy too. I saw another um, another clip because we're because we get into the thing where. I mean, people on the far left and the far right, they do stuff that I disagree with, but on the far left now, the word demonic keeps coming out and they're doing this, these uh, satanic rituals and all this stuff. I saw a creepy one where uh, there was um, an all-ages drag show um, which basically means a bunch of these parents brought their toddlers to a place where uh, men dressed as women could read them, read them stories in between trying to sneak a quick butthole peek at them but uh they're in there these proud parents of these kids in front of this drag queen, and uh a pr- a preacher came in i don't know what denomination good looking young black dude, and he came in and he didn't he wasn't he wasn't uh throwing uh, he wasn't throwing insults around. He wasn't threatening to beat anyone's ass. He was—he just started talking in a loud voice and he started preaching. And he was just talking about, um, you know, again, I don't want to—I don't want to pick a denomination, but he was saying why this is bad and what the Lord says. And and you know, his 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 uh, a lot of his stances could be different than mine because I, whatever, I'm not getting into it. But instead of um, instead of saying, "Hey, brother, this, you know this is a a private party and we're doing our thing," that you could hear these mothers, alleged mothers. Of, um, of these children, they all started, like, scr- not screaming, but screeching. It's almost like the whole when you put holy water on someone and, and you hear them. Scream. It's like a band of people, they don't even have a response, they're just screaming to try to disrupt them. It's like, now, they could be crazy, and I hope they are, but what if they are demonic? That's what a demon does, right? God, I don't want to think about that. Hmm. Anyway, uh, so, again, see, I go off on tangents. Um, but um, Adam Schiff was saying for years well, I've I've seen it in the in the uh, the skiff which is their super secret room because what's cool about elected officials that actually work for us, they don't work for themselves. They have all these bo- closed-door meetings. And what th- they should be doing those primetime or in the middle of the day with cameras in, and everywhere and and reporters god forbid should be asking them actual questions about the shit they're doing. But they cover for these democrats and he said forever that uh, that um, he has the evidence. I have the evidence and I've seen it and wait till you see it and you're going to see it soon. We it, it never came out. There was no evidence and everything he was saying was a lie. And it's a proven lie, but they don't give a shit because of the party party party. So when he got censure, censured censured um, those Democrats surrounded uh, they're on the, the House floor and they're like surrounding Schiff in the middle and they're yelling at whatever these. People yell at shame, 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 and they started patting Adam Schiff. No, they're not saying shame to him. They're saying shame for the vote because because Republicans are so hardcore that that, um, that uh, we disapprove of you, and then we voted on it, except for the six jackasses that voted uh, uh, present. And they're and then they started saying Adam, Adam, a- and and this, these are lawmakers. If you haven't seen that crap, after you Google, sorry, um, after you get on a search engine and um, Find Street Bike Tommy's famous wreck. Trust me, you'll watch it a few times. And he's fine. The guy's awesome. He was in uh, the video "Hillbilly Rich" with me and uh, Tim Montana. Street Bike. Tommy, watch that wreck. He's fine. It's only funny now because I mean, I'm assuming it was funny at the time, a little bit, but not that funny. But he's fine. But um, they're so they're they're shouting Adam Adam. They're shame at the Republicans like a bunch of fucking children. Then I start wondering why would they act like this now. For for Schiff for Adam Schiff, Congressman, Schiff, who by the way is probably going to be the next, one of the next two senators from California because California's going to vote him in. Because if you like stepping on hypodermic needles and people pooping on your feet, man, California's for you, but they're going to vote him in. Anyway, uh, Adam Schiff, I, 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 when I looked up, there's a, uh, there's a, um, a personality trait called uh, narcissism. And I'm not just sticking it to him. I'm talking about a lot of people on on Capitol Hill. I'm going to read this to you. Uh, 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 Narcissism is a a personality disorder, a mental health condition in which people have an unreasonably high sense of their own importance. Yeah, it sounds like DC. They need and seek too much attention and want people to admire them. People with this disorder may lack the ability to understand or care about the feelings of others. I wish the Republicans would have read that before they wasted that time to just, yeah, we sent them a mean spirited letter. Um, so basically, the traits are a sense of self importance, preoccupation with power, beauty, or success. Hmm. Nancy Pelosi in the salon during a lockdown comes to mind. No mask. Entitled, can only be around people who are important or special. <sighs> interpersonally exploited for their own gain, arrogant lack of empathy, and they must be admired. Huh. They don't really care. Um, Eric Swalwell, another Democrat congressman, California, sleeping with a Chinese spy, has a Chinese spy who tracked him down, targeted him based on information her bosses, her intel bosses from fucking China were telling her, found him, and was sleeping with him. I'm sure they didn't talk about anything. Sleep, and that guy still, not only did he not resign, he still gets on TV with those eyes. And I I mean, I know he knows stuff. He's got to be smart because they're all fucking attorneys. But they just sit there talking heads and stare turn the volume down and watch them. I also was, um, I don't feel like wasting your time, but I was going to look up a sociopath, which is basically, it's the same damn things. Um, but yeah, that's uh, sleep with spies. Uh, Diane Feinstein, Senator Diane Feinstein, had a Chinese spy driving for her for 20 years. We have government officials; their password is password. Um, yeah, and then uh, China today says, uh, not today, it was a couple days ago, I guess. They said they were pissed that Joe Biden off the cuff said uh, Xi Jinping was um, a dictator, and they said, "Well, you better apologize. Or you're going to feel the wrath of China." And at this point, huh? Nothing would surprise me. Down is up. Up is down. (sighs) Leave your comments at at (sighs) Atmakuya. Yeah, so uh, whether it's um, physics or just stuff your boss makes up or whatever first sergeant says, there are always rules, and you need to follow the rules unless, of course, you work on Capitol Hill. Then you don't need to follow the rules because there is no checks and there are no balances. But war has rules, and just like Capitol Hill, babies do not Dirty diapers, screaming fits, and sleepless nights. Parenthood is not for the faint of heart. I know from experience, dude. Tactical Baby Gear was founded by parents for parents. With kit you'll be proud to carry. You'll overcome every spit-up, blowout, and meltdown along the way, and they will come. Prepare for whatever parenting leads you with everything cool. Like a fully customizable tactical diaper bag that's ready, but be ready because it could get messy. At tacticalbabygear.com, check out the strollers and wagons, largest in-class wheels, adjustable suspension for any adventure, and a baby wagon, wherever you want to take it. Uh, A new item that I love, they have these tactical packing cubes. There's a couple different sizes you can bundle up, but a tactical uh, cube is like... You, you put stuff in a small bag and put that in a bigger bag. I learned that stuff from Drago when he taught me how to use the tang. Got little bags here, and you can uh, keep everything in order. And the Tactical Tote I loved. It has a in, uh, big interior mesh pocket and four exterior pouches, and it's got Velcro for your flags or your pouches. Sorry, not Velcro for military, your hook and pile tape. But it's all highly practical, highly functional, and extremely high quality. It's always ready. Diaper bags, baby carriers, strollers, wagons, everything in between. And get a load of this, lifetime warranty. Tacticalbabygear.com. Use code THEOPERATOR. Save 15%. Seriously, check out Tacticalbabygear.com. The stuff is just cool. Great for you. Great for your baby. Great for gifts for anybody else. Use code OPERATOR. Save 15% at Tacticalbabygear.com. God, guns, and diapers. Baby and obviously we do need to talk about the uh, ocean gate expedition's submarine titan that um imploded while trying to reach uh, titanic and uh it's a it's a tragedy it sucks I, you know you don't want you don't wish that on anyone basically they got to a depth where the um the ship couldn't take it anymore there my, there might have been something wrong so i mean some of these guys that were on that um on that sub had been there a couple times before the CEO of the company was there. And I don't know why, but people are giving them shit because they're saying that uh, these five dudes died and they're all rich and they had it coming or whatever. And you see these memes. It's not, it's not funny. And uh, it takes, it takes, Um. I mean, you, you might not have seen the waiver, but there was a waiver. They all need to sign that said it could lead to um, something bad happening. It could lead to death and you have to sign the thing. Um, that right there it takes a set of stones, and then to know you're going to go down to Titanic, which and and obviously we talk between meters, we talk about feet, and trying to grasp what that's like is the and instead of trying to convert meters and feet or whatever, technically Titanic is at twelve thousand five hundred feet. What I say is when you skydive, that's the basically the average. Altitude that you're going to jump from is 12,500 feet. So imagine being in an airplane and looking down at the ground. And it's, I mean, sometimes when you skydive, it's so high up there, it doesn't even look real. It looks like a big screen. But it takes a minute, a little over a minute to fall to pull altitude, which is, depending on who you're with, I think it's 4,000 feet for a military free fall. But that takes a minute to get there at terminal velocity. Well, Basically terminal velocity on your uh, on your tum tum when you're falling with your belly down and getting a good arch like a good student should, but that's a you know a minute in free fall is a long time to fall. This this is underwater now that and I got asked to talk about this. I'm not a submariner. Uh, I've been very limited time on submarines. I wasn't you know obviously to be a Navy SEAL you need to be a diver, not like a hard hat no shit. A navy diver, like a master diver, but we were we were considered navy divers. I still have my card. I'll show you a picture of my 19 year old ass in second phase of buds becoming um, a navy diver. But the deepest I've ever been is uh, I want to say 130 feet, maybe 150 feet. I'll have to look at the dive logs. But it's the deepest that navy divers can go, um, breathing um, open circuit, and that was scary. You know, 130 feet or whatever down. It's pretty dark down there, and you know you're underneath, and you're gonna And You can feel. You can't necessarily feel it, but you know that the water's adding up because, like it or not, the water is on top of you. And that's that's a lot of the stuff that that, that can happen. There's there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the water, and and dealing with navy stuff. The even on the surface, how do they get those um, big ass floating cities to float? And it's the science science that comes with it. There's a lot of stuff in the ocean the the displacement of water is how a uh, ship will float and that is uh, archimedes principle that states when a, a body is partially or completely immersed in a fluid it experiences an apparent loss in weight that is equal to the weight of the fluid displaced by the immersed part of the body or bodies and that in a nutshell is explaining you why things float and it's it uh, it works it, you need to know that stuff as a diver as a sailor as a submariner and then once you get subsurface into the water, there's a lot of stuff that you need to know as far as um, laws of, of physics, like Boyle's Law. Uh, Boyle's Law will affect you every time you enter the water, and that's uh, air spaces in your body that are subject to pressure and volume change. So pressure and volume are inversely related. The more the more pressure that a, a space gets, the more it will compress, and the, the less pressure. So that you need to know that because if you're breathing compressed air, at a certain depth, the worst thing you can do when you're diving is hold your breath and go up, because then it can expand the uh, air pockets, which will be your lungs. And then, if you blast a lung and get something, a bubble in your in your um, in your blood vessels, and it goes to your brain, you can get uh, an arterial gas embolism, an AGE, and the whole host of um, problems can come with being under pressure and. Uh, Boyle's Law also relates to gas density and then there's Charles Law which is the compressed gas states that the volume of a gas is directly proportional to its temperature so now you're dealing with temperature pressure lots of stuff Uh, so getting underwater is going to be dangerous anyway and I was explaining that like uh, just so you can kind of I'm not going to get into feet and meters I'll try not to and again I'm not a submariner if there's any submariners out there that want to correct me I would appreciate that and also I will bring you on and interview you because a lot of stuff goes on especially in the subs um Now, subs have been around for a very, very long time. And this is, I think, we're going, I mean, since the beginning of man on the beaches and near the sea, they would want to know how they could get underwater and breathe. And they've been doing it for a long time. The the first, and I love uh, naval traditions. I had to know this for my, uh, actually, everyone in the Navy, probably the Marine Corps too, needs to know stuff like this when you take your written test in the Navy, at least. That's how we did it when I was in. The first submarine in the U.S. military was called the Turtle. It's the world's first submersible vessel with a documented record of use in combat. Built in 1775, American, and uh, basically what they did is they submerged a vessel. He could breathe under there somehow. A means of It was a means of attaching explosive charges to a ship in a harbor, and it was used against the Royal Navy in the American Revolutionary War, and that would have been back in... Uh, right around 1776. we got the 4th of July coming up, Declaration of Independence, that old chestnut. But they've been trying to get underwater for a long, long time. And the turtle was the first one and then obviously we advanced. And we did little stuff like uh, the better the technology get, the, the better um, trying to figure out how to, not necessarily talk underwater but how to listen underwater and all that things how you're going to detect the enemy or detect the ships or detect the piers and even being underwater there's there is some, a lot of noise underwater but it's mainly not fish it'll be mammals or coral things like that but the only way you can really track something cuz uh, radar doesn't work you got to use sonar where you spit something out it reflects back and there's a, you know a lot of people smarter than me that invented the technology of sonar things like that and how to how to get underwater then you got to realize the hard way the laws of physics underwater, because when you're standing here, one atmosphere is the weight of the atmosphere. When you get into water, uh, 33 feet or one bar per atmosphere. This is the shit they teach us in BUDS, and this is why second phase is kind of hard. That and pool comp, and then Hell Week in the Island, all that bullshit. But there are all kinds of laws and physics and whatnot that go with diving, and people are talking about that now, obviously, because of what happened with the um, the sub that went down and, and was essentially... Less than a mile, like sixteen hundred feet in front of the the bow of the Titanic, which th- they were heading down there. They wanted to see it. And Like I said, some of the people that have been on there have been to Titanic a few times, as um, many other people to include, like James Cameron, who who wrote Titanic, the, you know, the kick-ass movie. I don't care who you are; it's a great movie. Uh, he was he went down there like thirty-three different times. So people have been down there. You're taking a risk anytime you get in in, in uh, get into diving, especially um, with submarines that have been designed by, you know, uh, private sector guys. And generally, a private sector does a better job than the military. But these five guys went down in the sub, and there were two dudes on there. Shazada Dawood, he was a 48-year-old Pakistani businessman, and his son, Suleiman, 19, one of the richest families in Pakistan. They lived in the U.K., but just sad stuff like a, a dad and his son. And it, like I guess some family members were saying that Suleiman didn't want to go, but he wanted to keep, you know, make his dad proud, Father's Day, stuff like that. And you're going to hear stories about that. And the realization too, this is not a political thing or a meme or or something funny to make jokes. You know, these are real people that that did something scary and that's got to be scary to be on there. So I don't think making jokes about how rich a lot of these guys were should matter. Like they were successful people and they went on an adventure and it just ended up bad. And the, and and talking about the the you know, the families and whatnot, and everyone's saying, well, when are you going to recover the, the bodies? Well, you're not. Because with that weight of pressure at that depth, it's almost like the reverse explosion of a balloon. And f- I mean, the only good thing about that is that they didn't even know it happened. At that pressure with whatever happened, whatever, um, with the lining or with the, not armor, not steel, but the, the, the um, what you know, the, the synthetic stuff that they made the, it out of, it just it would have collapsed, and it would have got really hot. like I'm talking like surface of the sun hot." so the good thing is they didn't feel anything, but it just it's just the whole thing sucks, and you're going to hear people say, "Well, I mean, the Navy might have heard because the Navy is looking for threats, and we have been, since sonar was invented, looking for threats off the coast, because, you know, you've heard stories of U-boats off the coast of the United States during World War II. So Sonar, like I was mentioned before, is a way to bounce stuff off of other things, and you can listen back, and it was first proposed as a, mean, a means of uh, detecting icebergs. So you're underwater, above water, however sonar works. But uh, the interest in sonar, so this is back in uh, 19, like right around the 1900s, and interest in sonar was heightened by the threat of submarine warfare in World War I. And it was consisting of like towed microphones and things like that, used to detect submarines. By 1916, they were doing this. By 1918, an operational active system had been built by British and U.S. scientists, and they included uh, echo sounder or depth detector, uh, rapid scanning sonar, side scan sonar, with impulse electronic sector scanning sonar. So that's, I mean, this is all cool stuff here. And then obviously you start something with, I mean, it started because of, you know, people want to want to win wars, and, and being underwater would be a way to do that. But it advanced like uh, the fir- that we had the first nuclear sub, the first nuclear sub to go under the North Pole, the, the Nautilus, I think that was. But the first, um, there was a new class of nuclear power subs, and it was a Thresher class, named after the shark, the Thresher shark. Uh, first of a new class of nuclear power subs, and it. It was combining the attributes of an attack submarine and a specialized hunter-killer craft, which I think just sounds cool. I've loved that since the movie Crimson Tide. If you haven't seen that with Gene Hackman and Denzel Washington, great movie. There, I mean, it was a coup on a, not a coup, but I guess, um, not, not what do you call it, a, um, a mutiny on the USS Alabama. A great movie. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And I would say normally there wouldn't be a mutiny on a, on a naval vessel, but nowadays I wouldn't put anything past them. But uh, this new, the USS Thresher, had a uh, cigar-shaped hull, which is um, better underwater proficiency is the way I've read about it, and a massive sonar, the most advanced sonar ever fitted to a submarine, being credited with unprecedented massive detection, passive detection ranges. So the sub's quiet. It can move fast. Uh, It can hunt. It can kill, like I said, hunter-killer. And four torpedo tubes were aft of the sonar. Aft means backwards, forward and after, fore four aft. Uh, two on each side, angled out to 10 degrees of the center line. They could uh, fire the latest anti-ship and anti-submarine torpedoes. And here's something cool. It was later fitted with the ASROC, an anti-submarine rocket. Here's how cool humans are. Fired from these um, torpedo tubes. The uh, ASROC was a combination rocket torpedo. Launched like a conventional torpedo. It would go to the surface, leave the water on a ballistic trajectory, uh, ballistic trajectory and then plunge back into the water several miles away from the thresher where uh, the nuclear warhead would detonate. What? Okay, so we're going to launch a torpedo that turns into a missile that goes miles away and turns into a nuclear war. And they said the weapon was in our the U.S.'s arsenal from 1965 until 1988. So I'm sure we got rid of all of those. And then... Uh, there's a reactor plant in the sub that would give her unlimited range the pressure brand new steel would enable her to dive to, uh, to up to some um, 1300 feet which is unprecedented unprecedented for a submarine especially at the time now now they they operate generally below a thousand feet but certain subs can go to certain depths but the 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 USS thresher was being tested new nuclear technology uh, combining with the diesel technology propulsion uh, and then you hear different things like the test depth and the test depth is a maximum depth uh, the maximum depth at which a submarine is permitted to operate under normal peacetime circumstances and it's it's tested uh during you know during their test trials. and like I said, thirteen hundred feet was the test depth for the submarine so the they're doing different sea trials and they had Uh, heads of Navy nuclear propulsion on board during some of these things, and they were all excited that Thresher is not just another ship. It's a totally different ship, uh, wave of the future, and that was uh, August 1961. Less than two years later, the uh, Thresher was shattered on the ocean floor, losing all 129 sailors on board, enlisted officers and some civilians Uh, And the way that happened, it was testing up and down the East Coast. It was out of Portsmouth, Virginia, then up into Groton, Connecticut. Um, And, you know, they tested it to to greater uh, intensity as far as pounding the hull and whatnot than anyone had ever seen. And there was no damage. I mean, there was some damage, relatively minor um, stuff with the sonar tubes and other. but But what they were bragging about was this ship. Is, can sustain itself because you want to stay underwater as long as you can. They said the crew can do it with with uh, the supplies that they have on board. There was a commander in 05 who was running it who, who um, <clears throat> when it was going to go out to sea for, the, I think, the first time. Uh, the commander was relieved, not relieved, he was sent somewhere else, and they they turned it over to a, a lieutenant commander named uh, John Wesley Harvey. They called him Wes Harvey, 36 years old, uh, smart dude. He, uh... Went to the University of Pennsylvania for a year on a scholarship, and then he went to the Naval Academy. And then he was on aircraft carriers, um, He nuclear power training, all that stuff. And he was actually on the Nautilus, the the SSN-571, as reactor controls officer. They went under the North Pole. So the guy's been around, young dude. And then they went on some, test, some more test trials out at sea, and they were um, accompanied by the i want to say the uss skylark it might have been the usns skylark uh it was a it was a uh kind of a rescue ship that would go with it and monitor them as they're testing depth and speed and there was a brand new underwater telephone designed to communicate ship to sub and again that's more complex ship but underwater sound travels further like you can you can be swimming in the ocean and hear uh whales and stuff i've actually heard they tested stuff in antarctica which is another conversation because apparently antarctica is where the shelf ends and that's proof of flat earth but they i guess they launched some sound waves low frequency sound waves from antarctica this is a long time ago and i'm spitballing but they went from antarctica and they could hear them up in bermuda which is a long way away but uh, on my birthday april 10th 1963 during the test runs the thresher came up to periscope death about 10 miles away from the skylark and um that And what they were starting to realize, the Skylark and the Thresher, is that the commanding officer, the Skylark, didn't know the capabilities of the Thresher, because this is the brand-new sub, the Thresher-class sub. And the CEO of the rescue ship didn't know the capabilities, which is a problem, because they're very secret secret stuff, especially when you get into sub-stuff, nuclear stuff, propulsion. That's some of the stuff you can't even talk about. When when you ask someone the speed of a ship or a vessel, they won't tell you. um, But the commanding officer told of the thresher told the commanding officer Skylar, he's going to go to test test depth, which is the maximum operating depth. And again, it's generally reported at 1,300 feet. But the thresher had been to test depth 40 times. So they went down and uh, somewhere under the water on that new high speed, it was a rotary phone, believe it or not, too, kind of like the one you see with Richard Nixon talking to the the first people on the moon with a rotary phone, which again, conspiracy theories, that'll be a fun episode. But the CEO said there were minor difficulties. That's what they reported. And even though the problem was called minor, uh, the commanding officer, the new commanding officer, attempted to blow his main ballast tanks to get to the surface. That's kind of an emergency thing when you blow compressed air into other spaces. It's trying to expand, get you up top. But there was some report the minor difficulty was causing the submarine to become heavy. Now I'm not a submariner, like I said, but when my sub is heavy, it most likely, <clears throat> it most likely means that we're losing propulsion and taking on water and taking on water can also lead to a loss of propulsion. But the problem is it also can weigh you down and, uh, they sank and, um, it's still down there. the ship's still down there they they everything perished, but you know there again, you don't recover survivors from something like that when you're when you're that that low, it um, you're dealing with a different animal, and we know more about space than we do about stuff that's under our waters, especially some of these deep areas. This was actually near where that was this one was about two hundred miles east of Cape Cod when they lost the the thresher. and so what happened as a result is the Navy came up with more. Uh, stringent testing and safety stuff, which is fine. And the the unfortunate truth is you learn from mistakes. And sometimes, especially when you're at depth like that, um, mistakes can turn into catastrophes, which we've seen. And so there's going to be interest now in submarine stuff. Um, And actually, after the Thresher, there was one more nuclear-powered submarine, the Scorpion SSN589. was lost in 1968 with all 99 men on board, and there was no possibility of um, rescue or salvage. And even if you get down to a depth like that, it's going to be hard to rescue people because, again, you're dealing with the pressures. Um, Right around that time, the uh, the Russia-Soviet Union suffered a loss of five nuclear subs. Some crewmen were able to be rescued, like four of them. Um, because I guess some of the subs did blast the ballast and they get to the surface before it sinks again and some guys got off but uh, the Thresher was the first nuclear submarine to be lost and the worst disaster in terms of people lost as far as we know with uh, submarines underwater stuff and and how it, it can be pretty dangerous but uh, such such as life and death sometimes in dealing with the elements because there's a big world out there there's Big skies out there, there's deep oceans out there, and occasionally a flat earth if you talk to enough people but i you know I do want to get a submariner on here. I got a buddy of mine that I grew up with um we call him Peach still, and I think Peach were you a submariner hit me up? I know I'm gonna hear from you because i um I usually do <laughs> and it's always welcome, but I'd love to hear some stuff what do you what do you think about um about the submarine stuff and what what you know what people can know that about propulsion and and depth and laws and all that stuff. That's that's one of the reasons that I'll, some people fail second phase of buds is because you get into this kind of stuff because it's very important as a diver to to know everything from from um, pressure and volume and um, everything from nitrogen and recompression dives and all that uh, decompression stops things like that. Um, but I think it's it's fair to say. We should lay off the memes because these are people with family members who uh, miss them. And just because they had money doesn't mean they're fair targets. They got in something, trying to be innovators, trying to see some stuff that no one's really ever seen, the Titanic. I mean, people have been down there, but not very many people. So uh, they're they're innovating. And, and you hear the, the masses, they start to almost laugh as if I told you so. And because you were rich, I'm better than you. But that's just, that's like the herd mentality and people are ganging up on it. There's a, there's a quote that I love from, uh, Henry Ford, who was the founder, obviously of Ford Motor Company, talking about the public and talking about inventions and innovators and, uh, staying inside your, your comfort zone. He said, if I had asked the public what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse, <laughs> which I love. So, um. You know, don't be afraid to uh, ask questions, challenge things, and uh, look both ways before you cross the street. Keep your situational awareness up. But if you can do that, remember that nobody outranks safety, and don't be afraid to get outside your comfort zone. Think outside the box. You're never out of the fight.